The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. felt it go. That's why there was no much point of putting pressure on it. And that's why I decided to keep elbowing. Oh, Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. All right, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Just we're all getting situated. As in me, as in I'm getting situated. No, me too, buddy. I'm me too. I'm looking at my fat head and I'm really annoyed at my fat head. Um, we uh a good night of fights uh to chat about. We have Paul Craig coming on the show. Chad Belding will be on the show. Mr. Belding? No, not that. No, that Wait a Mr. second. Are you telling me that Mr. <laughs> Belding from Saved by the Bell? I'm excited. No. Who is he's it? A, he's a hunter. He's the host of The Foul Life. I'm way off, Jimmy. Um, which, yes, you are. Way off. Um, but it's spelled F-O-W-L, like as in bird. Um, and Matt, you and I, I'm looking forward to doing our thing um, on my sofa. Oh, well, that could be anything, Jimmy. Please specify. Yeah. Matt and I are planning uh, a man-to-man hugging session. Just a couple of men hugging it out. Now, we're doing the watch-along. Yes. What is that? I believe it's uh, the night of the Connor fight, July 10th. July 10th? I can't wait, Jimmy. It would be weird if it was the night before we had to pretend we were watching fights. Oh, I smell sleepover. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy, you know what I did this morning? Uh, I'm going to rephrase that. Jimmy, guess what I did? No, it's the same thing. Jimmy, yeah, let me yeah. tell you what I did this morning. Okay. I got a root canal. Did you really? Dude, if I start drooling and I'm just like, nah, 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 let me know. Because I, okay. I, I don't feel anything. Your mouth is a little numb. Yeah. This espresso could be burning hot. I wouldn't fucking know. It's amazing you can talk as well as you can after that type of numbing. Like after I get like anything with my teeth and it gets numb, I'm fucking, I can't, my mouth... Ah. Won't go together. Your Both mouth like sounds Doug, perfect. Like Doug Bell when that happens. You're old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big, big Doug Bell fan. I respect that. Oh, Chad is ready. I want to hear about Chad the Hunter. Hey, Chad. Matt, Sarah, Jim Norton. How are you? Hey, buddy. How are you? Nice to meet you, man. 
Nice to meet you guys. Big fan. Big fan of both of your work. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you so much. You watch you watch the fights, Chad? I love UFC, man. Love MMA. I, I got to be honest, uh, Chad Mendez and myself are pretty good buddies. We started this new cooking company, so I've been out on the road the last three weeks cooking up barbecue and grilling with Money Mendez, so I haven't had... Haven't got to see him yet. Get him on DVR, but huge fan and uh, try to pay as much attention as I can. Did he mention that to us at one point, Matt, when we had chat on? That sounds familiar for some reason. I don't know why I'm thinking I heard of that. Uh, maybe we talked to him and he was just talking about other ventures or something. I, I don't remember why, but that's not surprising. What do you guys cook? Well, uh, we we started a company called The Provider. You know, we're, We live off the land pretty much, so we got this ideology or mentality of – we are hunters and, and, and we do pursue wild game from fish to big game to ducks and geese. So we try to educate everybody in our circle on how to prepare that wild game as a substance of protein and means for your family to eat it. And we, uh, we provide some unbelievable meals to first responders, homeless shelters, you name it, we've done it. But uh, this last week we did the uh, a big rodeo and we fed a bunch of cowboys and VIPs and they loved it. Yeah. Um, now, you can, I'm not a good cook. I, I tried quitting meat for a while. Uh, I, I'm not good at being vegetarian or vegan because I just, I'm, I just, I mean, I fucking started getting fat again because I'm eating all this sugar. So I kind of went back to, uh, I, I went right back into steak. Uh, I'm, I'm not a good vegan at all. I'm like, I eat every, no meat except for steak. That's a shit vegan. So uh, I'm, I'm trying. Well, how is duck? Like, is it fattening? Is it not fattening? Because maybe I'll cook up some duck. Duck's good, man. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. A lot of people give it a bad rap because they overcook it. When you start dealing with wild game, you don't have a lot of the – it's a lot leaner than most of your domestic meat. So you, you just cook it to about 131 degrees internally and let it sit. But keep the skin on, sear that skin. And, and Jim, I'm telling you, there's so many different marinades or dry rubs that you can use and different grilling methods. Or We do duck fried rice and stir fries and lasagnas and spaghetti gravies and sauces. I know Sarah's got some Italian heritage in him. I do a ton of Italian meals with wild games so uh just uh, just take a lot of pride in it a lot of passion a lot of visualization and i, I don't use a whole lot of measurements or anything just go with what i'm feeling but oh, yeah okay. ducks and geese can be real good let, let me ask you about the cooking the duck is it true that people probably is the reason why they're overcooking it is because if you undercook duck it's like really like poisonous or am i way off with that yeah way off i think duck the wrong way off the with that. yeah <laughs> i thought that shit was like poisonous or something Chicken, chicken, you could get sick if you don't cook it long enough. Salmonella, duck, yeah. Duck, you could get, you know, you could eat pretty raw, Matt, Sarah, and get a really? and get a really good flavor out of it, yeah. I like meat burned. I literally like fucking, I like it where if you drop it, it shatters like you fucking dipped it in liquid oh, nitrogen. I know, nice. I like black crust on my meat. I really do. I like really, really well done meat, that burned flavor. I love Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you mean like, like, crusted and seared reverse seared on the outside and then medium rare on the inside or you like it well done all the way through i like it well done all the way through and charred beyond recognition on the outside <laughs> <laughs> i just that's how i like it like i don't want to recognize that it was a living thing once but i like the flavor of that too meat when it's like like you know some of my friends like black and blue they prefer really really raw but it's too chewy I don't like it when it's that chewy. I like a nice hard piece, um, but that's just how I like my meat. I get it. My mom's the same way. I got to have it medium rare, man. 100% yeah. medium rare. I'll tell you, this is out of left field, but I watch those lions attacking the buffaloes all the time. They fucking, for after, after they go for the jugular, and, and sometimes they're attacking them, trying to get them down. They're already eating out their asshole. Jimmy, yeah. you might like that. Listen, yeah. they, go, <laughs> they, not how they do it. Sometimes these poor animals are alive and yep. they're inside their ass, just out their fucking insides. 
It is a horrible way. It's funny you mention that because that's how smart these wild animals are. To, if they kill them dead and that blood starts pumping, that meat just rots and develops, you know, rigor mortis and then goes into a state to where they're not getting any flavor out of it. These lions or coyotes in our country or wolves, they will literally eat the Achilles tendon out of a beef cow in Montana, Wyoming, Texas, wherever, and cripple that cow and then start down where you're talking about in the anus and then and not kill it, not go for the, the organs or anything that's going to kill that animal. Keep that blood pumping through it, keeping that meat fresh, and they'll eat on it for two or three days. And it's not possible. Are they not doing that just because I would have assumed that even a a wounded buffalo can hurt a lion if he gouges it. So I would have thought they ate the asshole out because it's less of a dangerous place to start chewing. I guess it depends on what that buffalo has in its system. You know, that 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 anus can become a pretty dangerous spot, too, I think, Jim Norton. But (laughs) but I I know what you're saying, but they they cripple them. And I know, you know, those lions, they're tenacious and and mountain lions are lions. I know we're getting off subject here a little bit, but they'll 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 kill a fresh animal a day. You know, when when it's hunting season, they'll they got to eat for a lot of poundage of raw meat a day to survive. So they're killing animals consistently. What do you think? The buffalo two out of 10 times get the horns in on them. Usually it's like one out of 10 Sometimes they get lucky and they fucking get them. I love those. I love those videos when the Buffalo come out on top because they're usually getting fucked. Yeah. But when the Buffalo once gets them, it's like, <laughs> I would say that the Buffalo, the Cape Buffalo or the water Buffalo in the different countries on the continent of Africa are probably the least and the least, you know, the least likely to get killed and perished by a lion. You know, they're going after zebras and plains games and animals that they can run down and attack. But those buffalo, man, they're mean. And I, I, those lions will get on a calf or something, one of the baby buffaloes, and you better make sure that that mom is not around because she'll come unglued on them. And they don't fuck with elephants. But once in a while, you'll see them going after a baby elephant, and baby uh, elephant. and and they'll kind of the elephants will surround it, and then you're like the lions are still going after it. I'm like, what are you idiots? Like you're going to get stepped on. But they, they if they want something, man, they really uh, oh, they're pretty Jimmy. good at turning off their fear sensor. Fucking jungle. What is he going to get? Doordash. He's got to fucking get his game, man. Yeah, but you don't want to get stepped on. If you, if you, if you walk on a Domino's, you don't have six tons stepping on you either. I mean, an elephant just fucking step on you. It's true. Right. Oh, God. All right. Back to the provider. Yeah. Back so you, the provider. Have you been to the fights? Uh, I guess if you know Chad, you've probably been. I, I've been to a lot of uh, big time. I'm in Nevada, so I grew. I oh, played. Okay. Co- I played college baseball at University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and started going to fights in the '90s. Uh, I oh. played center, played center field leadoff hitter, but uh, saw several Tyson fights at the end of his career, and a lot of De La Hoya fights. Uh, I was at Foreman Moore at the Caesars Palace and oh, George yeah. Foreman. No, that one was at MGM. I was at Evander Holyfield, Riddick Bowe when the fan man came into the ring and got his ass kicked. Oh, you there for that? Yes. Yeah. I was down on the floor at Caesar's palace, outdoor theater back in what? 95, 96. Yeah. And Riddick Bowe's fan, his, his corner saw his wife. She fainted because she got scared. Somebody was trying to attack Riddick and they, they saw that and they thought that fan man ran into her. So that's when cell phones were like that big, like bricks. And they just started beating the shit out of that yeah. guy. Man. Yeah, a little yeah, street that, justice. He got yeah, what he kind of deserves. Justice. Probably wished he he went into the other corner where Holyfield's camp was. They're a bunch of Bible thumpers. They're probably like, ah, oh, it's okay, man, man. He went to Riddick, Riddick Bowe's corner. They were rough. Even that little fucking white guy that talked like he wasn't, he's just like, ah. They were horrible. Horrible. Yeah, they gave him a beating. They did give him a beating, man. But, yeah, I, I've been to several UFC fights. I was at 
Uh, and I don't mean to bring this one up because I know there was the rivalry between you and Hughes, but I was there the night when I think it was Rashad Evans and Mashida, and you guys were the co the co yeah, event. Yeah, well, no, it's not the, I still think I won that fight. It's okay. Yeah, you guys. I, I didn't. I I went to Hughes's after party at some little country bar down on the south end of the Strip after that, and I myself and John Kerry. John fought for the uh, U.S. team for 13 years in the Pan Am Games and stuff and Jiu Jitsu, but we both thought that you won too, and we were kind of surprised at the fight. So. But you can't leave it up to the judges. Am I right, Sarah? You're right, buddy. It's like that one buck that got away. Sometimes shit happens. Listen, Matt Hughes is durable, you know, but uh, at least I got to throw him and punch him in his head. He's, you know, he's might be in, I don't like to talk about it now because I know he's not in the best shape now. So I don't like to be a, I'm not, I'm opposite of the way that guy lived his life. I'm not a bully, but uh, oh, it felt good to punch him and throw him though when he was healthy. Did it feel better to do it to GSP because that was like the that was the ultimate that night? Well, it felt better to hit Maddie because George is such a nice guy. But that that's the gift that keeps on giving. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm so happy about that. It's me and the last guy to beat him besides me was fucking Captain America and the fucking. But you ball. didn't like beating. You didn't like hitting Frank Trigg. Well, Jimmy, don't now you're embarrassing me in front of our new friend Chad. Let's get back to the provider, Jimmy. I, <laughs> so wait, so Chad, you do a podcast too? The podcast is. Called the, what is the podcast called? No, well, I started the podcast uh, three years ago, two and a half years ago, called This Life Ain't For Everybody. We have a sister one called The Foul Life and another one called Where The Payment Ends. But This Life Ain't For Everybody, I was in Nashville and I saw that written on a wall of a little honky tonk. And I'm like, man, that kind of goes with what I do because there's all these different walks of life that like what you did for a living is it's it's incredibly hard to justify training the way MMA fighters do to go in there and get hit for a living. Like I've never, like Tyson said, you know, everybody's a tough guy until they get hit in the face and fighting is so hard. And then what Jim does, like being a stand-up comedy, you know, comedian is so genius to me when you can put it together and go own a crowd for 60 minutes and put together a, a set like that. So my life's different. I duck hunt, I live off the land. So with that, I got, I got to take my network that I built through hunting and I've hunted with so many MMA fighters, Henderson and Forrest Griffin. And, and I've had Chuck Liddell on the podcast and I've had, you know, Uriah Faber and, and, and Michael Chandler's getting ready to come on to it. And so I, because of that common bond of the outdoors, fishing or hunting, I'm able to develop kind of a friendship with these guys or at least a commonality. And then they come on and I have musicians on there, NASCAR drivers, athlete, athletes and military. And I pay a lot of homage to, to all of our military and our armed forces. So I have those guys on there a lot and fighter pilots. So it's just, it's the podcast of a lot of different walks of life that I've been humbled to meet through my association with the hunting industry. And to, to be able to sit down with somebody like you guys or Dan Henderson that I, that I literally in the, in the, in the 2004 to 2010 timeframe, I watched every one of your guys' fights. So get to sit down with the guys that trailblaze that sport and that culture of MMA. It's big for me. And I'm, I'm humbled to be able to do it. And that podcast has allowed me to get intricate with a lot of fighters like yourself or comedians like Jim. Now, Chad, when you, when you enter, when you have uh, these guys come hunting with you of all the fighters you've done it with, which one was the most squeamish in the outdoors? Like, cause in, in, it's amazing that fighters are so deadly in the cage, but which one would you say handled it the worst being oh in the outdoors? God, Jimmy. Well, that's not a bad question. I'm sure that that fighter would tell you too. Question. <laughs> I think that he's going to, you know. He's going to get my ass kicked. He's going to have to be armed. No, there's got to be someone who didn't like it or who was like, ah, this isn't for me. There had to be someone. Oh, there you go. Um, I, I've tried and I and I love Liddell and I've tried to bring him on a lot of hunts and he's shooting guns now. Sure. He he hasn't committed to a hunt and I think that he would love it. 
I think that he would, you know, like Henderson was very inexperienced at this when we first started taking him out. And then he got right into it to where he started seeing the meat being cut off the bone and then the recipes. And then he would taste the meat and he would just be like high five and everybody of the lifestyle. But man, I don't know. I don't know, Jim Norton, if I've seen anybody be like, ah, that's not for me. But I have had fighters tell me, no, I'm not ready to go out yet. You know, I'm not ready for that part of it. They're shooting guns. They're taking target practice, clay, sporting clays, whatever. But they're not ready to put that bead on a live animal. Yeah, I've never hunted. I never liked hunting. But people who hunt and eat what they hunt is amazing to me. Like that, that to me is it's doing it better than any of us do it because I eat meat from the store. I just don't have the balls to go out and shoot it myself. So guys who are out actually out, like you see Joe with a fucking you know, a giant thing of elk meat. And it's like, it actually looks appealing to do something like that. And, and like you said, cut it off the bone and cook it and eat it. And it's probably a lot healthier than what you get in a store. Well, I think that what Rogan's done for this hunting industry, I know that he's, he's so well diverse in so many areas, but when he started throwing it out there that he was going to go with Cameron Haynes or whoever it was, and he was going to archery hunt a bull elk and he was going to harvest it. Right. He has compassion for that animal and respect for the resource. And then he's literally sitting there with jalapenos and a knife cutting meat off and searing it on his Traeger grill, whatever he's using. And bam, everybody in his downlines like, wow, man, wild game must be good if Joe Rogan's eating it. So it's awesome to kind of put that credibility behind the lifestyle when, when he's got so many eyeballs on him. Well, it's the videos. Like Joe would show you videos of him cooking elk meat with garlic. And it was such a, he has such a varied group of interests as a person that you're looking at it. You're like, fuck, that's a great video of food. That makes me want to eat that food. We, we just had uh, Marlon Vera on last week uh, before his incredible performance. Oh. And uh, he was talking about how he, he wanted to go to Joe's and get fucking elk meat. But the videos were great. It just made you hungry for that shit. Like, I would like to eat that. Well, I'm sure you're good friends with uh, Bill Burr. I don't know if you are. I'm assuming you are. Oh, yeah. And he had the same reaction when Joe Rogan uh, sent him that elk meat and fed him that elk meat off the grill. He's like, holy shit, where do I get more of this? And it's funny you're, you're bringing that up, Jim Martin, because during COVID, stores were running out of meat. It would blow your mind how many people were coming to me to I'd open my freezer and give them a, an elk, you know, an elk tenderloin or some backstrap or some duck or goose, wild turkey meat. And Mendez went through the same thing. And they're like, where, how did you get this? Where do I get more of it? And I'm like, we hunted that. We called that turkey in and we harvested it. We cleaned it. We butchered it. We processed it. We came up with this recipe. And COVID really opened a lot of eyeballs to people. I want to know where my food comes from and I want to figure out how to go out and get it. So there's a lot of new hunters and fishers out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, something I've never done. But when I see guys doing it like that, um, it, you can't argue with it because it looks good and it looks healthy. And you know that you're, again, somebody, whatever I eat, you know, it's not committing suicide. Someone's killing it. You Jimmy, know, so my my oh my father-in-law, Ciro, makes the best venison. That deer meat, holy shit, is my favorite. My favorite fucking thing. And he makes it looks like a chicken cutlet or a veal cutlet. So fucking good. And I feel pow. I, I'll eat that shit and rip a Kimura. I feel powerful after that. Yeah. It's lean. Yeah. So you started when did when did you uh, did you ever get injured hunting? Like, have you ever, uh, again, I don't know, do you use a bow and arrow too, or do you just use a, a rifle? And if so, have you ever had an animal get pissed off and, and attack you where you weren't able to uh, defend against it? We've had, we've had close calls. I mean, we've, we're predator hunters a lot too, so we don't need to go into this too much, but we call 
mountain lions, bobcats, and coyotes to within inches of us to where we're trying to get them as close as possible. And yeah, we've had them run into us. We've had them sneak up on us and be in the bushes lurking right behind you with a cougar that would literally maul you to death if you got a chance. And so I've had close encounters like that. And yeah, we've walked up on deer that we thought were perished and, 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 and had to stay out of the way of getting gouged by one of the antlers. But no, I've never, I've never had uh, an injury except one that I caused by myself by either being out of shape or twisting my ankle in a cornfield or some shit like yeah. So you eat the cats? You eat the bobcats? Um, How's that taste? We've eaten a, a lot of mountain lion, and mountain lion can be really good. Ooh. Bobcats are a smaller animal, and they they can re- be really good if you do like a pulled pork approach to them with a, a slow cook, you know, like a, a crock pot style cook. We, we, we do it on a, a grill on low heat. But, yeah, you can make uh, – you can make I, – I will not eat a coyote. And that's why I wasn't going to go into predator management because I understand that audiences are different. But and there's different points of views and ideologies on it. But, yeah, we, we do practice predator management, and we uh, – we, we, we truly believe in it, but we don't eat coyotes, but the cats, we do. Why not coyote? Just too gamey? Well, I mean, coyotes are literally like, they, they, they have very, very little meat on their bones. Their torsos, if you take the hide off, if you've ever skinned one out, are so little. It's really just bones. There's not a whole lot of meat on them. But a good friend of Joe Rogan, Stephen Ranella, who's the AKA the meat eater, he has a brand called Meat Eater, and that's, he's on Joe's podcast once in a while. He eats coyote, and he says it's good, but I don't believe him. Did you ever see there's a woman, um, I don't know where she's from, but she eats, like, with the iron stomach on this fucking girl is, is crazy, where she eats all these weird seafoods, like, with nothing, like, she'll dip them in a little sauce, like, she'll eat, like, a gooey duck clam, or all of these things. It, it's revolting, but she eats it, and she... Like without cooking it, uh, she'll just eat them raw. You ever see? I forget what it's called, but it's some weird fetish thing, or or it's some weird uh, thing. People just can't believe that she can do it. I wish I could remember her name, but she eats seafood raw, which is a little well, kind of you, disgusting. Are you are you fans of sushi? Either one of you, I assume. You yes, know. that's that. I'll eat raw, but I mean, this is just like she'll take the thing and smack its head and then fucking bite it. You know, she'll oh. eat the eyeballs and everything. Yeah, she yeah. I don't play know games. about that. I don't know yeah. about that style. Yeah, man. Hensel, I went to, in Japan. Hensel took me to some. There was some seafood place. There was a thing fucking winking at us. As I look, I worm. He's like, this is good, Hapa. I go, fuck that shit. I don't even know what that. I'm not touching that. The thing was looking at us. Yeah, parasites scare me a little bit from sushi. Like, because it's lot. Like, that worries me a little bit. Like, the raw, like, you might be able to get a parasite. That kind of scares me, even though I don't think I've ever had one. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't caught any from sushi. I eat sushi quite a bit. I like sashimi without the rice, but... Um, there are some things in a sushi bar that you can eat alive, you know, like giant clam when you order it is still alive when they bring it to you in the shell. And it's, it's so good. If you can find a fresh sushi restaurant. Yeah, no, I couldn't do it. I can't, I, I can't get it. I, I know that that's why I can't eat lobster. Cause I just see it hanging out in the, I feel bad for it. Just kind of hanging out like yeah. a dick. I can't eat lobster. I can't eat anything that I know that they're just going <laughs> to, is going to look at me first. Like I don't need something just making a mental note as it looks at me. You know, I want to eat it from a distance. Not You can't up walk up to the aquarium and pick one out, huh? No, 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 I can't. Um, well, listen, man, where can people get your podcast and all that? Because obviously you're very active and 
You know, great setup. This is how you, I know you're a real podcaster because you have a, a, a professional mic and headset. We interview so many guys that just kind of talk with no mic and it sounds like that. So whenever I, I always appreciate somebody that just has a basic microphone and you have a great system there. I've copied you guys and Rogan, man. I, you know, you, you find influences and inspiration and like, you, we, you know, the fights, we haven't talked much about it, but UFC has been huge and, 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 you know, a lot of entertainment value for us. And I got a ton of respect for what fighters do. So having the chance to come on here, you know, you hear people say, well, that that's humbling to be able to come on here. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I'm, I try to stay humble every day, but being able to be invited on here and talk to you guys for a few minutes, man, it's awesome for my career. And it's a, it's a, it's a bucket list deal. So thank you. But our podcast, this life ain't for everybody and the foul life and where the payment ends are on all of the platforms from Spotify to, to Pandora, to Apple and all of them. You can find us on YouTube, our TV show, brand new season 13, of Benelli's The Foul Life airs exclusively starting July 2nd on the Outdoor Channel. A lot of fighters on it. Hendo's in some episodes. Uriah's in some episodes. Money Mendez is in some episodes. So we got some uh, really cool play with some good musicians, fighters, a mix of all these different cultures, and and, and we're hunting all over the world. So uh, hopefully you guys can catch one of those. And, man, I, I can't say enough thank yous for having me on here. You guys are awesome. No, it was good talking to you, man. It was it was really fun uh, fun talking to you, and I'm sure I'll see you at the fights out in Vegas because uh, I'm going to start going again in July, I think. So uh, maybe we'll say hello face-to-face. Well, maybe there's a way we can link up, and I would love, and I know that you guys are big time, but I, I think that you'd enjoy my podcast. If I could ever have you guys on uh, as a guest, I'd be I'd be blown out of the water if I can get a hold of you guys somehow. Any time, man. Our producers will give you my number at least. Yeah, Jimmy, absolutely. Fancy. My number I'll put that shit right over the air. I don't care. Matt doesn't <laughs> even have my number. Matt has to Bro. DM me on Instagram. <laughs> where, hey, look, before you let me go, Jim and, and Matt, sure. where, uh, where uh, are you? Are you touring at all this year? Or are you staying quiet for the, uh, for the rest of the 21? I'm starting touring on in August again. Um, in the mid, I think in, uh, um, Minnesota or Milwaukee. I forget where I'm going to be. It's called, called comedy on the state. It might be in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, I just don't remember where I'm going, but uh, yeah, I'm starting again in August because now capacities are back and I know that shows won't keep changing capacities on me. And, you know, Jimmy, is there yes, any sir. way and um, Chad, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jimmy's comedy too much, but is there any way to have as a headliner for you? Um, in, um, what do you think? Not a headliner, a uh, the opening act or something. Would you ever have your buddies like like Chip Chipperson or Doug Bell open up for you or is that impossible? No, I wouldn't do that because I, I could. I couldn't follow them. Um, I couldn't follow them. They would. Be, they would do much better than me. I couldn't. They're, they do their own thing. Maybe Chip. He's got a weird follow. You think you? You think Doug Bell would do as well? Yeah. No. No. He'd be he'd bore people quickly. Okay. All right, Chad. Chad good really good nice talking to you, buddy. <laughs> Take care, man. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Take care. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There he is. Look at this guy. Not a scratch on him. Paul, nice to see you, man. It's a pleasure, man. It's been a while. It's been a long time, dude. Yeah, I think it was like last like November before we went into lockdown. We went into lockdown in March, and I think it was a way back in November to Shogun fight. Eight, yeah, shoot. Ages ago, man. But listen, hey, as a jujitsu man, I love watching you fight, dude. People are against pulling guard. Hey, it works. What? It's worked it's worked numerous times for me. I think see see jujitsu and MMA. I think it can be quite frowned upon if you're one of these guys that just hold position. But I'm not that type of fighter. Like I'm always looking for the submission. And because I'm always looking for the submission, I end up losing position. But it's just how attacking we are as MMA. You you're so good in jujitsu, and especially off your back. How being from Scotland, correct? Yep. Being from Scotland. Where did you find jiu-jitsu? When did you start training jiu-jitsu? Because I'm assuming there's not a, a jiu-jitsu school on every corner over there. Oh, there's, there's definitely not. Um, it just happened to be that there was one down in Coatbridge. So that's like 20 minutes away from me. Uh, I had this friend. His name was Alex, and he introduced me to it, and he says, come and learn UFC chokes. That's what he called it, and that's what I learned it as. I thought this is what it was called, and it wasn't until I'd maybe been a month and I realized, oh, this is called jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. My lineage comes from uh, Brian is my main coach. So he does all my jiu-jitsu. He does all my MMA. He does pretty much everything. But under uh, his black belt is Marcus Nardini. Marcus Nardini is one of Amal Easton's black belts. Oh, my, a good friend of mine, Amal Easton. Holy shit. Yep. So from way back in uh, when Marcos was in Colorado. Uh, so that's where my lineage comes from. And obviously Amal Easton's lineage. You, you've been the Boulder, Colorado at all or no? No, I haven't. I haven't. It'd be, it'd be cool to go back to where Marcos picked up his his bread and butter, basically. And Maul Eastern, he came up. He, he came up with me at Henzo Gracie Academy. And when I was in Brazil, he was in Brazil with me, competing in the Pan Ams with me. So he's a very good friend of mine. Yep. And I remember I visited him in Colorado and we're on the mountains. This is when I was like in my early 20s. And there's an old, I'm, dude, I'm catching my breath in these fucking mountains. There's an old lady with like two fucking walkers walking, falling right past me. I'm like, what the fuck? The altitude there. I they breed them definitely in there, don't they? Fucking insane. Yeah. Hey, you're big. This is a weird question. Are you a big and every time we got a guy from Scotland, I go, Jimmy, don't ask it, but I'll ask oh, it today, no. Jimmy. Are you a big William Wallace fan? Jimmy, I'm uh, I asked for you. Right. So I don't know tell this to you before. So the, the <laughs> so see the see the brave heart that you see in the movies. Yes. Like it's all fabricated. Like William Wallace was, listen, William Wallace was a proper uh, soldier and he was a proper uh, warrior in Scotland. But the whole Braveheart where they meet in this, you know, this big field and they're two of them are like, right, I'm going to charge at you and you're going to charge at me. It never, ever happened like that. So it actually took part, it took place in a bridge. It's called Stirling Bridge, just outside Stirling Castle. And what had happened was 
some rules of engagement. The English were like, right, you're, you're going to let our troops come across the bridge and then we'll have a nice fair fight, even though we were outnumbered. William Wallace is like, aye, aye, that's what we're going to do. So what they did was they let half the troops come across the bridge, blew up the bridge, slaughtered everybody on one side and then went back and slaughtered them all on the other side. So Scottish people were, uh, were a wee bit cunning. You're cunning? You fuck yeah, you yeah. are. That's all, dude. That's, I never heard that story. No, me neither. Jimmy, I told Jimmy, aren't you glad we asked the question now? Yep. I, I, let me ask you, where was Mel Gibson? Is he Australian? He is. He's Australian. He's played a Scottish guy. Here's the worst part of that film. They didn't even film in Scotland because the mosquitoes, the mozzies were just too much for them. So they ended up having to film it in Ireland. Did he sound, because again, guys can pick up their own accents and who sounds right. Did he sound right? He, you, you know, you have to give him that. He does sound Scottish. And uh, MD from Scotland that watches it, it gets them jacked. Now, we were playing England. Uh, it must have been last Friday. We played England in the European Cup. So it's like all the European teams get together, pretty much like the Copa America. Get together and we play. This is the first time Scotland has been in it in 23 years. That's how good we are at football. 23 years without having a major tournament. Straight after we played England, they started playing Braveheart on the TV. <laughs> how oh. weird is that? That's, that's Scottish funny. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. That's fucking hysterical. Hey, back to your jiu-jitsu training. When did you, how old were you when you when you walked into that place, the, the academy, you started training? Um, I was about 25, I think it was. 25, 26. So I'm 33 now. Wow. That's I've when you first started your, your martial yep. arts training? Yep, had never done any martial arts, no wrestling background, no nothing at all, boxing, any of that kind of stuff. It was always football. Like the west of Scotland, is that's all we're doing is play football. In small circles, if you're too big for football, you'll go in and play rugby. And that's... That so you had it. physical sport background crashing into guys. So it wasn't no, foreign. It's soccer. We call it football. Oh, but you didn't play rugby. I thought you were saying you played rugby too. No, no, I, I, I dabbled with that, but that was not until I was doing MMA. Oh, okay. It was just one of these things where I thought one of the guys invited me along to play some rugby. Turns out it was pretty good at that. It's just running and hitting folk, isn't it? Like, there was nothing nothing to it. So, Did you fight a lot as a kid growing up? Were you a fist fighter in the street? No, I was uh, I was the opposite. I was, uh, I'm, I'm tall, skinny. I'm built for running. So any sort of fights that were happening, <laughs> I did have a big brother. And uh, so he's like, four years older than me. Um, and that's how my guard game's so good for on bottom because he would be just wailing on me. And I would have to use my legs as defense, you know, to try and like yeah. stop kicking him off. So that's when my, that's when my, I, I do all my jujitsu with my brother, even though that's as much as I had it back then. And uh, obviously you look so good against Jamal Hill, uh, who I think was undefeated up to that point, right? Wasn't he eight? No. Yes, he was. And you handed him a very decisive law. Do you think the referee... Uh, I'm sure you've been asked this already. Do you think he waited too long? Um, or was he not looking at the arm? Was he looking at the face to see if he went out? What was he looking at? You know, it's the the thing about being a referee in any sport. There's going to be human error. And that's one of these moments. But it just happens to be in a sport. If human error happens, then it's catastrophic. In football, if human error happens, it's not the end of the world, is it? Sure. Like Maybe they lose a point. Maybe they, maybe there's a, a foul which, which went on. But in our sport, if a referee drops the ball, it's quite catastrophic. And that's what we've seen on Saturday night. Now, you can't put it all on him because as a, a mixed martial artist, you've got to put that pressure on the fighter I'm against as well because he knows his own body. And if he 
is telling the referee, just by his posture, he was telling the referee, no, no, I'm still in. So the referee's looking at his posture, not really looking at the arm. But then I threw up my hands. And if you watch back, I threw my hands up and I like say to the referee, it's broke. Because at that time, I had no idea if it was dislocated or if it was broke. So in my eyes, it was broke. It's broke. And I tried to tell him, the referee, that. The referee is from America. He doesn't understand a Scottish guy shouting, it's broke! He has no <laughs> idea that. So it was a war cry. Yeah, it probably was. Like I've been better doing sign language team. Maybe I've understood that. So, but bringing it back, it's it's a hard job being a referee, and you can't put all the blame on him. You, it's 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 one of these things. It's, he's made a mistake, and it's part of your sport. And there's always going to be referees making mistakes. How fucking tough is Jamal Hill too? Like sometimes in a loss, like a guy actually is more impressive with the way he lost, and the fact that he took that. And just jumped up after, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, like, wow, I I want to watch him fight again." Yep, he is. Um, he's he's a tough breed, and uh, I like the fact that going into this fight, there was a lot of he heated debates between the two. Is he'd come out and he was very very vocal about what he was going to do. I mean, I'd said to everybody, I says, "I'm going to take him down in the first round, and I'm going to sub him." I thought it, I thought it maybe would have went to the second round, but they've got the submission in the second round. The minute I felt him, I was like. I'm going to pull him down, but I take off my hat because he went out in the shield. He wasn't going to give up, and I like that. And then I like the fact that once he'd been seen by the doctors, his arms still dislocated. He stands up and he says, I've got too much respect for you, Paul, not to stand next to you when you've got your hand raised. Now, that is a, that's a true warrior. He, he's like, you won't be able to hear that, but that's what he said to him. He says, I've got too much respect for you, so nice. I'm going to stand here and get your hand raised. He, lets, he goes to hold the referee's arm. His arm slips, and he's like, that's ah! right. In mortal pain, but that's like uh, he's a tough guy. Leading on to that, we started speaking to his coaches, and it's a beautiful thing about MMA, it's a beautiful thing about martial arts. People are respectful and people want to learn. And they, they, they started speaking to this is Jamal's coach, he started speaking to us about my jiu jitsu. And he said, Paul, we worked that position, that exact position, because we've seen you in this, and we worked it every day for six months. But you know what it's like? It doesn't matter if you drill it every day. This is something that I'm very good at. This is an area where I'm very good. So they were just impressed with my transitions and were impressed with my actual attack. So that way we started drinking. It's one of the Scottish things about, as you know, we like to have a couple of whiskeys. We shared the experience <laughs> with the guys. And then from that, Jamal came back for the hospital. We had a few beers. Fast forward three hours, we're in a nightclub dancing. What a sport we're in. That is so great. You won the fight. Who won the dance-off? Was there a dance-off? Did you guys, are you doing the two-step? I thought I saw something. So I'm, I'm a dad, and I've got that dad dance, you know that? That dad dancing the two-step one. That, like, That's it's, what I do. That's yeah, what I, I, I do like this kind of thing. Like, That's good, here. Matt. Aye. And it, it's just, it looks like we're boxing, we're shadow boxing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just, oh, oh, I've got it. Aye. So I'm, I'm definitely too old to be in nightclubs, man. I feel it. Um, but I'm, I've, still got, I've still got some miles left on the clock for being in the sport. Do you get embarrassed when you dance? I'm amazed. Like, I'm not embarrassed with many things, but dancing is humiliating. I, I can do a lot of things and not give a shit, but dancing humiliates me. Jimmy acts like he's searching for somebody. He does the other If you're dropping the big moves, if the arms if the arms come above your shoulders, you, you, need to, you need to go for it. The arms need to be just below the shoulders. They don't go away from the body, and they can't go high, because then you look like you're doing... Then you have to know what you're for doing. For instance, for instance, let's put like there's some music on. How would you go ahead, Craig? Uh, it, it's just a, it's just a wee two step. That's, that's all it is. Just, just like we're in, in my zone. I get a little muddy though. 
Oh, do you go high? I mean, I see you go high. That's 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 when you know your people are looking at you. You just and then keep- they start coming over. I tell them, I go, that's get away, you little. You're you in a club, you're good, eh? Get away, you hookers. Husband and father, <laughs> get away. That's what I do. Sorry, I, got, I did that entirely too long. I'm that's making, okay. I'm making not, you right. uncomfortable. No, I'm not at all. I'm actually wanting to approach you. Like, how are you doing? Next time you and Jamal go out to a club, I want the invite. Yeah, they're listening. You're more than welcome, man. Anytime the Scottish guys come, you're more than welcome. But you would, I smell hangover four, is what I say. <laughs> will, I, will I tell you how I get home on Saturday night? I have no idea. I woke up in bed Sunday morning and uh, my coach Brian's like, uh, You all right? And I said, What are you doing in my room? And he says, I had to come and get you for down in the lobby. The UFC had phoned Brian and said, You're going to have to come and get Paul. So he comes downstairs and there's Paul lying. I'm lying in the middle of the street, you know, on the sidewalk, steaming drunk. Couldn't move, absolutely mortal. And it uh, took three people to put me in a wheelchair, wheel me up to my room. Then he stripped me, then he put me to bed. Now, you want to party with, want to party with the Scottish? Yeah, <laughs> you were tanked. Yeah. You were fucking tanked, yeah. Now, nah, do you I'm... get sick the next morning? Are you a hangover guy or no? No, no, we got up and watched some baseball. And if, oh. and if there's a sport... A nurse, a hangover, it would be baseball. Like, interesting. You know, you're just sitting there, you're just enjoying guys slinging balls, guys hitting balls, and you're just like, hey, this is how you nurse a hangover. And then you get a couple of beers and then get back on it. And then <laughs> Sunday, Sunday was uh, a wipeout as well. So we know how to, we know how to train hard, but we also know how to party hard. Yeah. Well, you deserve it, man. Yeah. After that arm lock on an undefeated Jamal Hill. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you went in there. Underdog. Like you had all the cards, man. You went in there. It wasn't a surprise to you or your team. So credit to you, man. And I love Jamal. I mean, Jamal is a great fighter, man. Yeah, we like him. But I mean, I I, I bleed jujitsu. So I was like, fuck, that's amazing, man. I go, you're going for it again. And now I'll tell you right now, that's why the gloves are worse for you. Sometimes the gloves are harder to strangle. But I feel like with the arm locks, they kind of stick, don't they, Paul? Yep, they get, they get stuck. And especially see when we're in like... A couple of minutes into the fight, his body's nice and dry. So see when you get a hold of something, you don't have that nice sweaty slide that you get, and then the gloves just catch at the end. Now he was trying to stand up because I could hear his corner. His corner was screaming, "Stand up, stand up!" And I was like, "Nah, I'm just hanging on here. If you're standing up, you're taking me with you." Um, right, it- man. You had his arms all wrapped up. He had those. That's where those long limbs could be a disadvantage. Yeah with Jamal Hill with that nice reach and whatnot. I should have jumped God on Dean Thomas in the first round. Anyway. Just pull that, man. Pull it every day of the week. So, what's next for Paul? Where do we go for? Where, where's, where's next? Now, we've been in touch. The bosses have been in touch and they've offered us a fight. And I can't even tell you who it is. What? But what I'm going to do is, it's, it's, it's close. It's a big name. Let me ask you this. You can't say who it is. Yep. Is it someone who you predict would be comfortable on the ground with you, or do you predict they would prefer a stand-up matchup? See, when you get to that top 10, when you get to some savages in there, they're all rounded. There's guys who are good at jiu-jitsu. There's guys who are good at boxing. <gasps> ah, good at boxing? Yep. So yeah. that's, that's all I can tell you. Well, I'd like to see Paul Craig, Dominic Reyes. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, that'd be a good matchup. That would be a, a good, uh, 
a good matchup. Now, I'm not saying that's the one they're going to give him. But I can, I, I, can, I can see your face. The cogs are working overtime. Oh, you see it? I'm, I know, man. I, know. I got Wait. names I want to throw out there, but I know you're not going to answer. He can't but, say it. Listen, it's, all, it's a big name. Mm, I want to well, know. The minute, the minute the UFC sent us this back, within about two seconds, we'd sent them back. Yes, we would love that fight. It's not Blahovich because he's got uh, Glover Teixeira. Yep. Um, so it's got to be somebody else in the top 10. Anthony Smith, um, who, who is uh, 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 Rakic? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. See if he got on a bus and drove 300 miles across country. You could not be further away from it. <laughs> I couldn't. No. Like, see when a name comes out, you're just going to go, beautiful. Well, that, I'll tell you right now, you're doing a good job of getting us intrigued because I'm. Yes. Listen, I am like, I, I wish I was lying to you, but I'm being genuinely serious. This is like, this is a life changing fight for me. Holy shit. Well, you can listen. How about this? I'm not, I'm going to stop guessing. I'm going to uh-huh. say after that performance, you deserve it, buddy. Yeah. You fucking deserve it. You took out an undefeated fighter. Guys had you picked. Uh, not guys had him picked. Guys had you not. They, they said, listen, the guy's undefeated. Craig's got a couple of losses. He's not going to beat this undefeated kid. Not up in here, Paul Craig. Listen, I'm so excited yeah. for your next fight. I, I don't. I think I'm going to DM you later on and be like, look, man, between us, just tell me who. It is. Yeah. I won't say nothing on Messi's it. the boss, man. The boss will tell you in a heart. I actually just, just called Dana. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Paul, let me ask you, because the, the audience wants to know. When you're not practicing taking limbs off or doing your cardio and whatever else, something unrelated to MMA, give us give us a hobby, a book you're reading, a show you're watching, a movie you like. So, uh, the book I've been reading, so I normally get a book for going on the, the travel, and the book I started reading, never seen the film either. I know how the film goes, and I've seen all the scenes in it. Is The Shining? Oh, really? It's a beautiful book. Like I never thought a horror book would be something that I would enjoy, but the way it's it's pulled me in. I tried to leave, and they pull me back in. Yeah, so good. Is that good? You know, the the book was very good, but it didn't. It wasn't. The movie was more brutal. Like when you look at Misery, that was a great Stephen King book, but the book has more brutality than the film. Um, really? Yeah. Like in the, in the movie, they hobble him with a thing, right? Like she hits his arm, his, uh, what does she do? She hits his foot with a fucking uh, mallet. The movie is fucking horrendous. But in the book, she cuts, I think she cuts his foot off with a hatchet. So the b- book is more brutal, but The Shining, the movie's more brutal. The book was, uh, there's the hedge maze animals, uh, are you finished with it yet? I don't want to. So, so no, no, I'm on the last. So it's, it's in three, it's in like three parts. So I'm on the last part. Okay. I never thought a book, a horror book could get me the way it got me. Oh, you love it. You know, when you're reading books and you're like, they're really, really good. And I've always kind of liked, like my favorite books are like Lord of the Rings. Um, I read 1984, The Last Camp. I liked Animal Farm. I, I love books. And I was like, ah, The Shining, I'm... I don't know if a horror book, it's not really going to get me. Because, like, yeah. I, I enjoy horror films. I don't think a movie, a book is going to have the same effect, but it does. And it's good fun. Do you ever, it's a good one. That was my first Stephen King book. I used to work in 1987. I worked in a warehouse. We had gotten this shipment of books, and I was like, on my breaks, I just started reading it. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, it really was. That's a great one. Um, I like to see the movie first and then read the book. 
Because then instead of losing information, you're getting more information. So I, I always like reading the book after. See, so I've never ever seen the film. I've seen parts of it. You know, I've never seen it from start till finish. And we know the famous scene where uh, Jack's got the croquet mallet. And I know all this kind of stuff. And he's battling in the door with the axe. I know this. But I feel it's shadowed the book because I know what Jack looks like. I know what he looks like because I'm seeing Jack Nicholson for Jack Tom's. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's true. That kind of overshadows it for me. You only see him. So I know, and, and it's difficult to see anything other than him because he was, it was such a pivotal role for him. That's true. What kind? Now, what's a horror movie that scared the shit out of you? Um, I, I, I have got a fear of clowns. And uh, it started from when I was a, a small boy. I used to fall asleep with the TV on. Oh. And as I woke up one night, it was on the TV. Now, that traumatized me for the rest of my life when it goes to clowns. I went and seen the new one, and uh, that's scary. That's, like, psychologically scary. Wait, what's the movie? What movie is it? it. Oh, it. it? Yeah. The new one, yeah, the new one is fucking, I watched the beginning of it. He's taking the little kids, like, oh, my, my, I'm with my older brother, Johnny, or whatever. Georgie, that's yeah. Fucking horrible, man. Little kid. His arm ripped off and shit. Eaten. So I, 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 they kind of films get me, but also see the like uh, poltergeist ones, you know, like the new, like the, all the video camera ones. And it's oh. like, it's just a subtle, it's just a subtle movement to something. And like, you're, you're proper scared. I'm shitting myself. You know what terrified me? And I saw it recently. The Blair Witch. Uh, no, Blair Witch uh, I saw after I already knew what it was. It was kind of scary. Hereditary scared the fuck out of me. Did you see that? that? What is that? It's uh, it's with Tony Collette, uh, who was in Sixth Sense. She was the mother in Sixth Sense, and also the father, I think, is Gabriel Byrne. And it's just about uh, it's about witchcraft, but it, it's terrifying. And that really fucking scared me. That like of all the films I've seen in the last five years, I'd say Hereditary is probably this. this the so that's, that's the guy, Hereditary. Hereditary really scared me. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, I'm not a horror film guy, to be honest with you. Do you like the gruesome stuff, or do you like the more psychological, where the, you're shitting yourself? With the with the scary shit, I don't really it don't really scare me, and I don't like gross shit. You know, I like 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 back then the Sixth Sense or the others. You ever seen the others with Nicole Kidman? Yeah, I, like, yeah, I like more spooky shit than I do like like the gross shit. You know, just hacking off limbs for the sake of it. Yeah, what's Freddy Krueger gonna do? I'll break his fucking yeah. pummel. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't fucking ooh. Even Jason, I yeah, I, I think I could get him in a fucking Ashigarami. <laughs> Piece him up. Piece him up. Yeah, exactly. I'll pull a Paul Craig on him. Just pull God. Well, listen, man, dude, I'm I'm yeah. really I can't I'm I'm gonna be oh, gonna go over the top ten later, Jimmy. We're gonna see. Yeah, I, I, I speculate Dom Reyes. That's uh that's my guess. I could be wrong. He said I was he indicated that I was not correct. Could be Tiago Santos. Uh I'm gonna guess it's somebody in the top five or six. Gotta be high up there. As um, I think quite a lot of the guys are matched up. So when do you think you're gonna announce it? When do you think you're announcing this? It's up to the bosses. I wish I could tell everybody. Now. Like I literally want to run down the street, bollock naked, shouting this name at the top of my lungs. So wait, but is it somebody that's currently in the division? See, I wish I could say. I wish I ah, could. Ah, wait a minute now. I wish I could. I wish I could be like it's this guy. I promise you, I, it may not even be a guy. It could, in this day and age, it could be a woman. It could be That's transgender. I'm, I'm, no, could be somebody. Hold on a minute now. 
I uh, want to see that top 10. Where are they? Where are you? Yeah, but he's, see, now Paul's not even saying if it's somebody currently. I'm not saying it's not going to be John Jones because John's not going to go back down in weight. Uh, unless he had a shot at fighting Adesanya, who would go up in weight. Then I could see John going back down for that. Um, I would I would say it's not John Jones, just because I haven't heard about him being ready to fight at all. Uh, could it be Jared Cannonier? Uh, is there any rumor why of him not going Johnny, up? Why not Johnny Walker? Could be Johnny Walker. It, it, it could be. The guy's in Ireland training. Could be. God damn it. But he won't even say, Now Paul's got me all fucked up because he won't say if it's somebody in that's currently in the division. So now I'm looking, uh, is it somebody who's going to jump up or jump down? I can't, even, I can't even help you because if I say it, <laughs> honestly, I like guys, I wish, I wish we were talking and I could just tell you. I know, but you know, know what? If you do say it and then he doesn't take the fight, yeah, we can make fun of him. He asked for it. He asked for it. Yes. Oh, you better give it to him. Oh, I'm giving it. Oh, yeah. My status <laughs> friend. Yeah, William Wallace, who you're carrying that country on your shoulders, man. But did you see the Scottish guy won um, the world's strongest man? No, oh, really? Scottish guy just won world's strongest man. Uh, his name's uh, Luke Stoltman. He's uh, from Inverness area. So uh, we're, we're doing not too bad. And then we've got, we're, we're playing Croatia tomorrow in the European Cup as well for the football. So it's a, it's a right this moment. It's, it's pretty positive being Scottish. Wait, what's his name now? Is it Scott uh, Stoltman? Uh, Luke Stoltman. I'm sure it's Luke. He's got a brother. Ah, uh, Luke. He's called okay. the Albatross, and both of them are strong. Uh, world, uh, they're, they're in the world's strongest man. Yeah, those guys just train. Like, those strongman gyms, those guys are fucking lunatics. They train with, like, tires and just bricks and, like, real-life stuff. I mean, they, they do weights, too, but they really train with bizarre so the, the, the boys up in the boys up in Scotland are just flinging trees about cables, just tossing cables, flinging stones about. Just tough SOBs, man. Oh, he's a beast. This guy's a monster. I'm looking at a picture of him. Uh, I think I'm looking at him and his brother. They're just giant men. They're, they're, they're big, big dudes, man. I think the small one's probably like six foot two, but because he's standing next to the 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 smallest, the young brother who's taller than him, he makes him look like a, a normal sized man. Yeah, he's a little, he looks small compared to... And who's the other guy? There's an Icelandic guy who was in... Um, Hathor Bjornsson. From Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The guy had like a boxing match recently or some shit, didn't no, he? No, I think he's trying to have a boxing match with the other, the, what, the English guy who won the World's Strongest Man, who was Eddie Hall. So the two of them are just two big units. And the same again, because they're so tall, they're like, they're like six foot plus. And because they're so wide, they look like small men. But they're not. They're massive mountains. The thing with them, though, with a fight like that, I hope they have, like, 30-second rounds because then I, I guarantee they're not going to be like fucking Nate Diaz with the cardio. I no, think they be like fucking... Then they're going to be holding their fucking knees. So you need to go and look at Eddie Hall swimming. Now, this is a guy who's massive, and you want to see how good he is at swimming. Doing, He's, he's an absolute bear at swimming. It's impressive. If you go on his Instagram, check him out, man. He's a big, big unit. Uh, the strongest. Uh, is he considered the strongest man in history? I'm looking him up. He's a giant guy. Oh, my God. He has a big goatee, right? Right. He does. I think he's, he's got the, he did the 450 kilogram deadlift, is that? And he ended up blacking out. He lifted it, held it, and then blacked out. Just like MMA, though, the Red Viper was doing great footwork and he was all over him and he had that fight won. 
but he shouldn't have been gloating. Yep. Sorry, I'm not make believe, but that's the fucking Game of Thrones thing. I yep. fucking love that show. That's true. Yeah, it went downhill last season. Anyway, it happens. It does. It does. But, hey, how good? How good is the Hound? That he's Scottish as well. Ah, yeah, he's really great. And uh, they they wrapped up his story. Uh, they wrapped up his storyline very well too. I, I like how they wrapped it up. Well, that, the Hound was fucking awesome, man. Oh God, there's a scene with him and Arya when they go into that fucking shack when they got the Landis Landis the men there, and they is fucking. They know they're outnumbered. She saw that the fucking that, that guy has what's the name of the thing? Sting or whatever the fuck his name. That's Sting. She had a fucking name of the fucking little sword. Anyway, uh, needle. Needle. Yes. Ah, that's my dick's name. That. He killed my friend. And then he goes, are you crazy? We're not going in there. We're, are you fucking nuts? But then the guy opens up the door. He sees him. The hound, without flinching, walks right in that fucking door, Jimmy. Paul, you know what I'm talking about. You know this scene. This scene is great. The guy goes over to him, starts talking some shit. The lane I like is um, who the fuck names a sword. And Who names like, a sword? And then she's like, go ahead, go ahead, Paul, you say it. Like, a lot of people name them swords, and he goes, a lot of cunts. Yes, a lot of cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Best scene ever, Jimmy. Yeah. I love that fucking scene. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Paul Craig, we will definitely, definitely talk to you again. I can't wait to see who you're teasing. I, I have my guest. My first guest was Dominic Reyes, but I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot about a lot of shit. So whoever it is, I'm looking forward to seeing it. We will talk to you before that next fight. You spoke, my friends. Congratulations, too. And, and congratulations you, on getting your black belt. Uh, it, was, it was a great week for you. Yep. Thanks very much, guys. A pleasure as always. All right. See you later, Paul. Take care. See you later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Who was he fighting? I have no idea, man. Life. But, uh, we have to talk about the fights, dude. Yes, let's. There was a great, great night. I was talking to you before about Casey O'Neill. Yeah, that was a badass man. Yeah. Shit. that was a great fight. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Let me go find that fight. Casey O'Neill versus uh, Lara Procopio. Procopio, Procopio, where thigh out, where thigh out. That forget it. Listen. <laughs> Jimmy, Ooh. Jimmy, what if I just came on here and stopped having fun? You'd probably have more fun. If I no, I like that you have fun. All right, Jimmy. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about... Don't forget uh, Matt Brown over Diego Lima. Uh, now you're all over the Second round knockout. Oh, I thought you were going to... I think you were jumping up to the main card. Sorry. No. No. All right, really quick. That Casey O'Neill fight 
that was a fucking good fight. It went three rounds. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, the other girl was tough. She was mentioning something between rounds about a stomach problem or something. I'm not sure about that. I don't know what that's about. But she was still very game and very, very tough. She didn't say, uh-oh, I'm in a rear naked choke. Let me just tap out really quick. She went out. Like, I'm not saying that everybody should go to sleep. Right. But she did not want to quit. And she knew the worst that can happen right there is her going to sleep. Right. You know what I mean? Other people say, oh, my neck. No. Casey O'Neill had her. And Laura knew she got caught. But she's just, just, just trying to get out. And she took a nap. But listen, much much uh, props to Casey O'Neill. Both girls. Great fight. I can't say enough about it. Ricky Glenn defeated uh, Joaquin, Joaquin, Joaquin Silva. And Joaquin Silva looked Fucking, it is happening in 37 seconds, 37 seconds with a well-timed right hand. Uh, but, you know, Joaquin Silva seemed very, I'm not saying I'm not saying overconfident, but he was pumped. He was just like getting ready to like be like a dog to let off the leash and go nuts. And, uh, and Ricky Glenn capitalized on it, man. Well-timed, straight right. No looping, just straight down, right from the chin. No wind up. Yep. It found its mark, and he was very smart, Ricky, because when he sprawled, instead of looking to grapple, he kept touching him, kept touching him in his face. Bop, 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 bop. So Silva was never able to get his legs underneath him once he was hurt. So big props to uh, Ricky Glenn, you know. Um, Josh Parisian, he got a split decision over Rogue Martinez. It was close. Yeah. It was close, Jimmy. Yep. Holy shit, Jimmy. Chaos Williams versus Matthew Semi the Jedi. Salisbury, yeah. Yes. Great fight. Great fucking fight. And I, I said before I wanted the Jedi on here because I know he's into that kind of shit that I'm into. But I talked to either guy. Chaos Williams, I thought, did fought brilliantly, man, because not only was he throwing punches and bunches, but he was starting on the – I love when guys don't just headhunt. When they start to do some feints and then they start going to the body, landing on the head. I mean, I'll tell you, I was impressed with his attack because they both had power. But I just feel that uh, Semi had a little bit of hard time uh, just getting his just, just getting his rhythm down, man. I think I think Chaos was just so active that it, that uh, it just like uh, you know uh, Semi was just a little bit behind trying to play catch up. You know, always in the fight though, it always looked like he was a a punch away from maybe getting back to getting maybe an upper hand, but uh, he was kind of behind that whole fight with chaos. Chaos was for, I think chaos fought brilliantly. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and I, and I do love, I love body shots. They're very underrated as far as like what, what's enjoyable to watch, but watching a guy wilt from body shots, uh, I, I love. And again, you know, the guys call for them, you know, you know, Cruz and those guys will say like, you know, he should be going on the body a little bit more, but I always enjoy when somebody does that. It's true, Jimmy. Do you want to talk about how good, fucking cheeto vera looked i mean how how incredible did he look i'm fucking i'm impressed with cheeto man i really am yeah i thought that he was i love those stepping in elbows oh yeah how tough is davy grant too by the way to take all of those elbows that guy's a stud too and he was yeah he was in that fight in the sense where it's like yo man is he gonna he's looking like he's somebody's might go through but you gotta give a lot of credit to not not only the offense but the defense of cheeto vera I mean, he was like taking hit his guard up high. You, you must love that, Jimmy. You're, when guys lower their hands, you're always like, ah! But he, he was take, he was blocking a lot of that shit. 
I don't hold on. I don't mind when they lower their hands. Like it works for Wonder Boy. It works for a lot of guys, but sometimes you see it uh, not working. I, I don't mind it if it's a guy's style. Do I have to have the producers bring up tape every time you're saying you hate the fucking hands are down low? Well, because because when I watch it, I always like ah, oh, I like I'm worried they're going to get hit. I'm not questioning how they fight. I mean, I've seen guys do it where um, it doesn't necessarily. Who was I just watching that they keeps their uh, their left uh, low, but it makes them kind of uh, harder to hit. It was a fight I was watching last week. Um, well, Jimmy, I'm not sure. There's a lot of fights. I know, I know. You can't throw that at me now. But uh, I will tell you, even though now I'm going all over the place. You want to go fight by fight still, or you want to keep? Yeah, no, no, it doesn't matter. Da, 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 da. I'm looking around. Verna versus Kanako. That was that was a doctor stoppage, but that was a fucking. Can you pronounce that last name for me? Uh, uh Verna. Uh, yeah, Jenny Aruba. Thank you. Good fight. Really good. Yeah. Fight. And uh, I was impressed by her, man. I was impressed by her because that girl was a very good Judica. I just like saying Judica. She's very good in judo, judo player. Um, all right, Matt Brown. Fuck yeah, Matt Brown. Listen, yeah, Diego Lima was doing a good job of attacking Matt Brown's leg that whole first round. But Matt was being stalking him. He looked a little lighter on that front leg in the, in the second round. And you're like, yo, how much more of these leg kicks could he, leg kicks could Matt Brown take? Right. And Matt Brown's like, don't worry about it, because I'm ending it in round two. And fuck, beautiful right hand. Uh, and then he just, you know, Matt Brown style. He's just brutal. Yeah, he is. I mean, that was like a walk-off. Yeah, I was happy for Matt. Very happy for him. You said about Bruno Silva. Yeah. Matt, Matty's 42 years old. Matt's 40 also. Yeah. You know, he's 40 years old. Same with Troy over uh, Julian Arosa, uh, uh First round TKO. Um, he looked great. Troy looked great. Yes. Fuck yeah, he did. And uh, we already said how good uh, Marlon Vera getting that win, uh, getting that one back, obviously, over David Grant, kind of the, you know, it's one-to-one with those guys. And Sergey Spivak against uh, Alexei Olenek, uh decision. It's weird, man. Yeah, Sergey, he might have won that, Spivak, but uh, I do like Olenek, man. He's always in there. He makes it fun. Always. And he's, again, he's the guy you have to hit with a fucking 18-wheeler to knock out. But, you know, uh, Spivak clearly uh, won that fight, you know. Now, let's talk about... Chan Sung Jung over Dan Ige. Yeah. Kind of. I was going to say it, but... Oh, Jimmy, sorry, buddy. It's okay, Jimmy. Did you think... What round did they give to Ige? Probably the last round. Maybe, okay. Right? Last round, he started landing. He started going to the body, coming up to the head. Okay. I do like the corner work of uh, Nick Sick, Eric Nick Sick. I thought he was great in the corner. Part um, I like when he like I was it between the third and fourth round. He's like, look, man, we got to go back to our grappling striking. Uh, something something along those lines. Like when you're striking, dealing with a grappler because he's telling because uh, the zombie was timing the takedowns on him. Yeah. So he's telling Ige, look, man, body shots. I want a straight right hand to the heart. I mean, he was giving very. They were in sync with that, uh, you know. And it's part instructional, part motivational. Very good corner work. Uh, it, it wasn't enough. I mean, even though, even though Ige was in tune with, with, with Nick sick and, and he made corrections, especially that last round, he was going for it, man. He was just a little bit behind, but Ige is, he was behind the whole fight, but he never stopped trying. And he, and for him to make corrections in that fifth round shows that he can make corrections more. So in the future with, with, with more timing, with more planning, 
And I love seeing that guy fight. I love seeing Ige fight. I think I love seeing both guys. And didn't Jung take a cut? Jung took a cut on the left eye that was in a bad spot. But for some reason, I remember seeing it kind of bled around the eye. Like it didn't look like it, it got in his way at all, but there was potential for that to be a problem. Uh, eh, man, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, yes, but I mean, you know, Jung was on, the zombie was on. He looked great. He looked great. And, uh, he just seemed like one step ahead. Yep. I do like Ige's fifth round. I thought it was very um, heroic. I think he went out on his shield. He was trying to, he was going out on his shield. In other words, he wasn't just saying, all right, fuck it. It's not my night. He tried his ass off and he'll grow from it. And I, who, I mean, the zombie, man, the guy's never in a boring fight. I know. You know? And uh, by the way, we, I don't know if we mentioned, but Holloway is out of the uh, May, July 17th main event against Yair, Ooh. which is unfortunate because I was really, really wanted to see that fight. Um, so I don't know if they're going to just uh, uh, push it back uh, or if they're going to give Yair another fight. Yeah. Oh, are you reading this? Yeah. About Gige. Oh, Chikese, yeah. His family, they offer his, his camp uh, offered to fill in. But no, Rod, uh, Rodriguez wants Holloway probably. That's a much bigger fight. Just, you know, to fight Max. Chikese says, and Giga is a nice guy, you know, but I guess he's. Yeah, he's got to say what he's got to say. He goes, this is what he says. The UFC, right? The, the UFC called me to replace Holloway. Of course I agreed. And now we're waiting for Yair. Hopefully he's going to show up July 17th. But I heard that he's a little bit of a pussy. Yeah, he's trying to get him. That would be a very, very interesting fight, those two guys. Uh, but again, I wouldn't blame Yair if he waited either because Holloway is Holloway. And it's like, if you get a chance to fight Max Holloway, uh, you know, Giga's a great uh, fighter and, and he's going to be around for a long time. But Max Holloway is Max Holloway. Although I wouldn't, who the fuck wants to fight Holloway after how good he looked in his last fight? I mean, he looked as good as he has ever looked uh, in, in that last fight. So I don't know why anybody would want to deal with him after Calvin Cater. Man, I think people want what he's got, bro. You understand? You understand? That's what they want. They want what he's got. All right, listen. All right, so for the one, let's just talk to the audience at home really quick. Guys, I sang. Yeah, it was awful. The Kid Cudi song. And they, and then the producer said they can't have it in because, uh, I, you know, I was playing the music in the background. If you want to listen to it, because people like when I recommend stuff. Sure. Oh, I got to recommend a Netflix thing after this. But listen, two seconds. Kid Cudi. And how about this? I'm an idiot. I think this thing just came out. Cause I heard it in the King of Staten Island in the beginning and I'm all happy. Dude, this shit came out eight years ago. Where the fuck I been? It's called Just What I Am. Oh, it's so catchy. And I play it in my car and I bob my head. But Jimmy, listen, really quick. Um, what I want to say is I'm watching the sequel, The Black Summer, the second season. Black Summer, Jimmy, is everybody, oh, walking dead. Ooh, I like Darrow. He's got a bow and arrow. Fuck off. The show's been shitty forever. Listen, if you want a zombie fix, go to Netflix, watch Black Summer, and then watch the second, watch Black Summer, the second season that just came out, and me and my wife are going through that thing like wildfire. Jimmy, it's very entertaining. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like those 28 Day Later zombies that are fucking sprinting after you. Those kind of zombies. And the fire, dude, it's, it's, it's talk about scary. I should right. you know what? I should have told Paul Craig to watch this. He likes the scary shit. Good yeah, but he might not like that kind of scare. I don't know what kind of... There's different kinds of scary. Zombie scary is a weird scary. That doesn't really frighten me. It, really, Jimmy? Zom no, Jimmy, you are thinking 
of the fucking old school night in the living day. No, fuck off. I dude, you can walk around pushing them over. No, these zombies, these zombies are like fucking, they're like on fucking PCP. These are PCP zombies. It's great, Jimmy. It's a fun show, man. Even if it scares me a little bit, the type of thing, watch Hereditary. That's the kind of movie that terrifies me. Like, that's the type of shit that really scares me. Ah, Jimmy. Listen to me. Yes. Almost too much fun today. Almost. Almost. Not quite. Uh, Go ahead. What do you want to plug, my friend? Uh, Chip Chipperson podcast is up. The new Doug Bell podcast is up. Uh, The Bellcast. So go and enjoy both on Chip Chipperson's YouTube. And uh, again, I think JimNorton.com has got tickets now. I'm finally starting to go back on the road. Comedy on the state, which uh, I should probably know where that is. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin. That's where it is. Madison. Jimmy, I need an agent. In August. I need an agent. I want to do voiceover work. Oh, yes. Then you need an agent. How do I get a fucking agent? I sat down with one guy and he's a nice guy, but, you know, he wasn't really interested. He wanted to meet me. <laughs> that's, not, that's not really good for selling myself. No. His loss, Jimmy. Anyway, Jimmy, help me get into some uh, voiceover work. I can't even get myself into it. I've no. bombed at every voiceover audition my I've voice, ever done. My voice and your voice is a little bit different. That's true. You know what I mean? I get, like, for instance, I want you to ask me if I'm talking to you. Do it. Are you talking to me? Well, are you, you talking to me? Hey, Jimmy, are you talking to me? I don't see anybody else around here. Who are you talking to? Somebody that doesn't sound like Robert De Niro. I know, not at, all, not at all. To. That was my take on it. That's my take on it. I love you so much, Jimmy. Listen, I'll both. let you go. If anybody wants a cameo from me, feel free. Yes. If you want a Kimura from me, maybe an Ashagarami. Fuck. Stop by Sarah BJJ. I'm going to get my merchandise going again. Gee, I, guess I, got, I got so many irons that are like right outside of the fire. Sure. They're getting very cool. I should really put them in the fire. Absolutely. Long, Jimmy, have I told you about me doing the fucking video game thing, the Twitch thing? I don't know what you're waiting for. You had the whole pandemic. I play every day. I play every day for free. Just do it. And let me give a shout out to another Scottish friend of mine, Kamora Lad. He took the name Kamora Lad from this show. Good for him. I hear that Paul Craig accent every day when I'm squatting up with him and Bucko. All right, everybody. Listen, this last, if you guys are listening to this, I'm going to apologize for the last 10 minutes. All gibberish. That's but okay. listen, I'll see you guys in a couple of days. Yeah, bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.